You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home and Abroad, and this time of the year brings up recollections for many of us. And the older you get, the farther you have to look back and how times have changed. And for those of the current generation, I mean kids today, they would have no comprehension of how much things have changed in for us who are a little bit older is a relatively short period of time. And I'm honoured to connect with Paddy Keane. And Paddy has been here in Canada, has been in Ottawa, has toured. He's a magnificent Ilan Piper, renowned Ilan Piper. And I thought I'd reach out to Paddy and say, first of all, Happy Christmas and all the best to you and your family. And Tell me a little bit about how things are and your recollections from growing up around this time of the year. Oh, man. <laughs> We're going back to the 50s. I was born in 1950. That was five years after the, the war, the World War II. So, I mean, I did have it hard, and, you know, growing up as a kid because we were on the road at home, uh, traveling. My dad being a traveler, my mother wasn't. I, I don't know how she put up with it all. Six children in the end on the road because we didn't really move into the house until I was six years old. But, you know, back in those days, my mother had to learn the ways of the traveler and she had to go out and, uh, and find a way to, you know, to make money to buy food for the kids, and that was begging. It was going from door to door, really. And uh, I often went out with her when I was child, but um, I'd be on the far side knocking on doors playing my whistle. But, um, yeah, it was tough. We had to learn to make our own toys. We had to learn to make our own entertainments in general. And, um, you know, food was scarce. Everything was scarce. And I suppose we were lucky in the sense that we had a wagon and a uh, warm bed and, you know, riding a horse, tent, whatever we had at the time. We were kept well by my mum and dad. But, um, no, it was tough. But as I said earlier on, in hindsight, the people are much better off, I think, than they are today with... Um, the way it has come with, I mean, with, with computers, with phones and all that sort of thing. So children nearly, nearly enough have to learn how to entertain themselves. Paddy, back then as well, it would be fair to say then that with, it was a simple, simpler life in a harsh way, but there was a greater understanding of what Christmas really was about. Oh, of course there was, yeah. I mean, as I said before, we didn't have toys. We, we, as I said, we had, we had to make our things, but, you know, the way it, it is today... I, I don't know, just uh, so much, but in Ireland particularly, I mean, back in my day, nobody much had anything really. Settled people in, in, in some sense had less than the traveler, you know, because they, I remember something, it was, it was Angela's Ashes, mm-hmm. and uh, Frank McCaw's mom, with, with him in her arms as a child, you know, she wasn't getting the, the money back from England as the father was supposedly alcoholic. And, um, one of the neighbours saying to her, Mrs. McCord, why don't you go down to the St. Vincent Hall and get shoes on the side of the knees? And so she turned around to the, to the, to the neighbour and says, uh, what do you think I am to be seen down, down there like a knacker? She says, beg it. And, and when we, actually, I saw more of that when we moved into Valley Tournament in Dublin. I was about six years old. We moved into a house. My mum wants to move in. She wants to move off the road and get a house for the children and the, the education or whatever. So we moved into the house when I was six years old and I could see there was absolutely nothing. There wasn't a car on any street in the 50,000 people that was housed in Ballyfermot at the time, 40 or 50,000. Well, 
that was when you got your new clothes or your new shoes or your new socks for the coming oh, yeah. year yeah well you know something I'll never forget the smell of the we're in the house at this stage I was about nine years old I'll never forget the smell of the new shoes the leather and the new shorts and suit for my first uh, Holy Communion and I was the only suit I suppose well I was the only suit I would have worn up until then and passed them but that is the confirmation stuff, you know, coming from the same Institute Paul. And uh, the, the smell of the new leather, the clothes, the starch, whatever. I'll never forget it, man, because it was the only time I'd ever had it, you know. So, Paddy, then, given that music was such a big part of your life as well, around this time of the year, would you as a family have been engaged in and playing music, and would that have kind of sustained the entertainment? Because, again, this has gone back before TV and before... Well, this was back in the 50s, yeah. 50s now, you know, in the mid-50s and late-50s. My, my mother, she didn't want to be going and have to travel from house to house, so we'd go into town, myself and my brother. My brother played the fiddle at the time. In fact, he was offered a, a scholarship to, to uh, somewhere in Paris at the time. My dad wouldn't let him go. He was too young. He thought he was 16 or 15 at the time. But um, we used to go in with my mum, and he'd play the fiddle, I'd play the whistle. And uh, my mum would go in and collect, and we'd just stand at the door playing. And uh, there was one to remember this guy came out and took two pounds, which was a huge amount of money. He'd buy food for a week out of it or two at the time. Put two, a pound or two in my brother's little top pocket, and uh, it was it was actually Sean McGuire who did that. I found out later. He was a famous singer. I don't know if you knew of him or not of him, but uh, I know a few years back. Sean McGuire. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's what we did. We 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 ended up playing for a little Boston. So then, Paddy, when did you get introduced to the pipes? Oh God. Um, I remember I was uh, I was about. Nine, I'd say. My, I was playing the whistle at the time. My brother had taught me to play the whistle. And uh, that was Johnny, yeah. And uh, he ended up on playing the banjo and stuff. But we, um, yeah, when I was about nine years old, my dad was out fishing with Ted Fury and came back and found me playing or squeaking his, 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 his uh, set of pipes. And uh, the practice that he had. And it was, I, whatever he heard, I became 
the uh, let's call it designated piper from there on because there was uh, none of the none of the rest of the lads were going to play the pipes even though they did. They didn't want me to ask to know that they did because they be held. I was held back. He wanted the piper in the family of things and uh, I looked the man and the boy and uh, I remember the first set actually. It was an old John Clark set. And uh, I came back with my mum from Boston and my brother. And uh, I asked him about the pipes, and he said, no, we couldn't, they were gone, you know, or something like that. He made up an excuse for some time later. But I got to something else. He said, it's up in the hot press upstairs. And I was up and there was the old cave and the set of pipes in it. I'm sure they were in bits, but the tone and the sound, I fell in love with them, actually. And uh, they're on. Because it's not in any way an easy instrument to play, or like relative even to the whistle, because there's so much going on between your wrist and all the other stuff. Oh, um, Something the fellows are playing in the lot and control, wind and pressure and all that. No, but my dad was a good teacher, and uh, it's very strict, like, it wasn't easy. And uh, you, you said you had to do what you wanted. And I remember he had me do a, make a, a tape recording on the old reels real thing. And uh, we, um, he had me put, I don't know how many tunes, a few tunes on that anyway. The Piper Club in Dublin, honestly. But all the lads learned their piping from Leo Alton. But, uh, he wouldn't take me in there, but he brought the tape in. It's a Leo, the lads coming in for the lesson. Me, um, that, you know, that one of the dorms and you know, no, no, so that's what you say it anyway, because, um, and who is it, is that John Keenan there, it's his son, and not my dad, but John Connor, who was, uh, married on the dorm, it's a pipe, yeah, they're a difficult instrument, they still are, man, you know, just, just, just keeping them in tune, so it's a lifetime job, really, right, it's so, that I make my own reads, and, uh, I have more control of them because of that, you know, than people who wouldn't have, uh, who would have other people make their reads, you know what I mean? Right. So, Paddy, the last two years particularly would have been a challenge and difficult. Um, uh, something that you love being able to get out and share your music with the, with people uh, you wouldn't have been able to do it how have you managed? I don't know to be honest with you I, I, in the beginning I felt great you know because I was always thinking I'd just settle down and forget about you know give up playing for money and you know the session and die the session and, uh, and I don't know if I was down here in the, in the south in South Tipperary or a farmhouse with a couple of acres and a couple of dogs and that kept me going but after travelling around how many continents, continents have we got? <laughs> I used to think there was four, six or seven. But anyway, I was on all of them except for the, 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 the or what do you call it, Antarctica. And the, the pipes got me around, they got me to Timbuktu, they got me to Borneo, they got me around the world actually. And uh, as my dad said to me, he said, you know, it's not all I've got to give you, it's the music. He said, but at least he said you won't go hungry. And the, the music he said will break all language barriers, and he was right. So I had a wonderful time, and it was a bit strange. I feel it is for everyone that minds the musicians or the artists, but this time, even at the moment, it's as bad as it was starting off. There nothing to be very But I, I kind of settled into it in a way. I have great neighbours. They come down during the summer, I like fires up the field, and we. Same music, we can hear, and you know, until now it's, we, we have it in each other's house, like that. And that's how I got through it, really. Right. The neighbors, my, my dogs. <laughs> Brilliant.
Brilliant. Paddy, we're going to wrap up and we're going to share a little piece of your music with the, the listener. And I want to wish you a very, very happy Christmas. And thank you for taking the time. Um, and one of the things I heard come through very much loud and clear in everything you shared was a tremendous gratitude and respect and love of your mother and your father. And it was wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the end, I'd like to thank the people who helped me travel around the globe, you know, and gave me that chance to do so by, by trusting in me and giving me the work, you know. Well, thanks a million, Paddy. No problem. So I might see you in the, in the new year, hopefully.